0: Tokyo 2020 Paralympic Games come to a rousing finale as the Paralympic flame, which has burned brightly over 12 thrilling and inspiring days and nights of competition, is extinguished. Hello and a warm welcome to the Around the Rings podcast, Tokyo 2020 Paralympics edition. I'm your host, Brian Pinelli. Our guest today is International Paralympic Committee President Andrew Parsons who has presided over his first summer Paralympics these past few weeks. Games that he has proclaimed would be the most important in Paralympics history, and Andrew will join us here momentarily. In Tokyo, para athletes from across the globe have thrilled, inspired, warmed our hearts, and on occasion brought tears overcoming adversity as they are well accustomed to doing, rising athletically to their supreme best. The Paralympians amazed us, competing for medals across 22 sports and for the first time out of games in badminton and taekwondo as a record number of nations have won medals. These 16th Summer Paralympic Games also coincide with the recent launch of the We the 15 movement, recognizing the 15% of the world's population with disabilities, 1.2 billion individuals, while aiming to transform lives and break down barriers globally. And joining us now from Tokyo is the IPC president, Andrew Parsons. Hello, Andrew, welcome to the ATR Podcast.
1: Hi, Brian, how are you? I'm talking from Tokyo, really excited with these games.
0: Well, thanks again for joining us. I know it's been a busy, exciting, uh, thrilling, perhaps challenging few weeks. So uh, thanks again, Andrew. I guess, first off, we, we spoke before these Paralympics and you you made the bold statement that you thought these Paralympics would be the most important in history. I, I know at the halfway point, you said they've exceeded expectations. Uh, as, as we come to a close here, just wanted to get your your thoughts, your assessment, What hurdles have been overcome? And and was there anything that's been concerning
1: to you? Well, there were some, for sure, some sleepless nights uh, in the last 18 months. Uh, It was difficult to get uh, to to the point where we are. Uh, But yes, the games have exceeded expectations. They they were really fantastic. and I said that they were the most important ever because of the pandemic and the way personal disability have been affected disproportionately. And also because we were launching the We The 15 campaign. Uh, so, of course, the message of inclusion, the message that we, we can't ignore 1.2 million people, uh, they came be very strong uh, from the campaign as well as from the athletes during the games. Uh, you know, strong message of inclusion inclusion in every different society through sport. You know, sport is our vehicle, sport is the platform, is the hook, if you may say. Uh, but uh, I think the games have been fantastic. We were warm in embrace, embraced finally by the Japanese population. But again, it was really difficult to get where we are. And the Japanese people have been amazing. You know, there were some voices uh, of concern. Of course, we all know that before, prior to the games. But during the games, we saw the change.
0: I want to just touch upon uh, a a little bit further the we, the 15 movement uh, launched shortly before the the games opened. Uh, I spoke the other day with with seven time Paralympian and NBC analyst, Chris Waddell, and he always has some intriguing, uh, interesting thoughts. Uh, My question to him, and and I'll pose it to you also, Andrew, fantastic launch. uh, Great to see the solidarity with iconic landmarks uh, around the globe, adorned in purple, but but the games come to a close. What is the key? How can this movement be sustainable moving forward? Because, you know, obviously without the Paralympics front and center on our, on our TVs every day, um, it, it's probably more of a challenge.
1: No, but that's precisely why we brought together these international, uh, other international organizations outside of the world of sport. So... Uh, organizations that represent the civil society, the business sector, uh, the media sector, exactly because every four years is not enough. You know, we know that the Summer Games have a a big impact uh, since at least Beijing. Every four years, there's big catalyst for change, uh, promoting the rise of persons with disability. But persons with disability, first of all, they are not not all of them are Paralympic athletes. You know, uh, and also they have other challenges outside the world of sport. You know, sometimes it's uh, mobility, sometimes it's employment, sometimes it's access to basic services, depending on the nation. So that's why we have these 20 international organizations, because we will start to lobby governments for changing legislation, uh, changes, for example, in taxation for assistive technology. Uh, We want also the media. Uh, We are going to L.A. in a few years' time, so it will be good. You know, we want to... Uh, 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 discuss with Hollywood why we don't see more persons with disability in front of the cameras. You know, in the entertainment business, Interesting. Uh, not only Hollywood. You know, we're not on Broadway, for example, <laughs> but uh, you know, and and in front of cameras around the world in different uh, in different medias. So there's a lot to be done. Uh, and again, it was important to launch in the lead up to Tokyo because the the Paralympic movement the Paralympic Games. Sorry, it's the only global event for persons with disabilities. So it was just right to connect the campaign with it. But it's more than just sport.
0: Well said, Andrew. And and, and wow, that's some really interesting thoughts. So so best of luck with that. Maybe something people don't realize on a, on a daily basis. Let's uh, let's highlight the athletes. They are the stars of the games. Uh, We've seen some sensational performances. It it seems like world records are are falling uh, nonstop, no matter what the statistics are compared to previous Paralympics. But, you know, just briefly, a few athletes, Brazilian Daniel Diaz, continued to dominate in the pool. Uh, U.S. swimmer Jessica Long. I, I like this, Andrew. She surpassed Michael Phelps with her 29th medal, and she is trained with the legendary Phelps um oksana masters she continues to dominate uh across many sports in the paralympics she won gold in in the road race in the time trial and 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 finally because there's so many to mention it's hard not to have uh shed a tear and been captivated by the visually impaired sprinter from from cape verde whose guide proposed to her moments after she ran the 200 so you know so many moments and, and and no pressure to to point out too many athletes for you andrew but uh wow w- what a show by by so many amazing athletes across the globe
1: i think the best part of these games was of course the sport in the 22 sports we have seen you know performances like never before in the sports where it's possible to break world records like athletics swimming for example <laughs> All of the possible records were broken. Uh, and yes, we had these incredible moments, you know, uh, a guy running and proposing to the athlete uh, uh, right after the event. But also some very uh, important moments like, like, you know, it was amazing to see the final of wheelchair rugby. It was incredible to see uh, the, let's say, the impact on the nations and the ratings in different countries around the world watching wheelchair rugby, which is a very specific Paralympic sport. You know, uh, it's very different from rugby, not rugby sevens or rugby uh, 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 um, at the, for the World uh, Rugby Cup. So it's a very specific Paralympic sport and we have nations where one in every five TVs uh, on were uh, people were watching the, the the that final. So, that, you know, these numbers are amazing. There was this moment in the boccia when the Japanese athlete won the gold medal. and even only with volunteers and people working in these games, it was just an incredible atmosphere in the in the in the venue. And yes, uh, and a few days ago, sorry, I had this uh, I saw what was, pro- was probably the most exciting tennis match ever between it was the final uh, men's doubles, uh, UK versus the the France. France won, uh, but it was, uh, uh, anyone could have won that <laughs> match. It was an incredible, and when I say the best tennis match ever, I'm including um, wheelchair tennis, I'm saying uh, 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 able body tennis, male-female double singles, uh, 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 the Grand Slam uh, uh, champ- uh, tournament. I love it, I love it. it. Was <laughs> unbelievable, and the best moment to me, then at the end, I, I was given the opportunity to present the medals, and one of the French athletes came, and he said to me in French, and he's an athlete I know for a while, and he's an icon in, in Ruchette. And he said, look, and he said in French, but uh, I, I, Andrea, really appreciate the effort of the IPC, your efforts to put these games on. Well done, guys. Uh, uh, you really deserve uh, you know, our compliments. Uh, so, you know, at the podium in a moment that it's so, so important for them, you know, the, the athlete was generous enough just to, Recognize the effort of, of uh, well, not my effort, but the effort of so many. And so this is my gold medal, you know, uh, and it's at so many moments here. It was just fantastic Japanese athletes. And to see some new athletes, you know, we have five new countries here, the Maldives, uh, Paraguay, uh, uh, Bhutan for the very first time. Grenada and San Vicente and the Grenadines, you know, five counters with new athletes, some very good performances. So the Paralympic movement is growing. It's just amazing to see that.
0: Well done, congratulations to you and and everyone at the IPC, obviously Tokyo 2020 organizers. Uh, Andrew, Andrew one of one of the intriguing stories of these games, considering the the turmoil that we've seen in Afghanistan over the past few weeks, was the appearance of, of the two Afghani athletes, uh, the female competing in Taekwondo and and the male athlete uh, Hussein Rasuli, competing in athletics. Uh, this seemed very unexpected at, at least to, to the world. Uh, they evacuated safely from Afghanistan. I, I, I understand they they went through Paris and and eventually made it to Tokyo. Uh, what what can you share about their journey? Uh, I'm, I'm sure there was some work behind the scenes with the IPC and others. Is, is there anything you can you can share with us about uh, getting these two athletes to achieve their dreams and compete in Tokyo?
1: Well, it was an effort by, uh, I would say, an international coalition. There were governments involved, international organizations. Um, we were in contact with them uh, since the beginning because, of course, they needed uh, our assurances and our flexibility. So, the, if these athletes could come, you know, we will protect them. We provide them with a safety, uh, with a safe environment, and we will be able to. Be flexible enough if if we needed to make changes. For example, in the entries, for example, Hossein was supposed to compete in the 100 meters event, and he ended up competing in the long jump. Uh, it was different with Zakia; she competed in the taekwondo as she as she was uh, uh, initially entered. So, we, of course, we we one thing that we committed was to be flexible enough to accommodate that Tokyo 2020 organizing committee as well. Uh, they've been they they've been through the same, let's say. Testing regime as any other athletes. At the end of the day, we could not compromise on the on a COVID nineteen front, but we were able to accommodate that and protect them. And we have assigned some of our staff uh, to take care of them, understanding the that special situation that they they are coming from. And the moment they 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 arrived in the village, I was there to welcome them, and it was really emotional. It was really great to see, uh, you know, sport uh, being able to. Uh, let's say to to really do something bigger than only gold, silver, and bronze, and bigger than sport itself. Uh, you know, to to these two athletes, to after all the horror they have been through, to really uh, just fulfill their dreams uh, and to compete at the Paralympic Games. So it was it was one of the top moments, not only of the Tokyo Games for me, but it's certainly one of the top moments of my life in the Paralympic Games.
0: Fantastic to hear. Well, 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 done, Andrew. And, uh, yeah, inspiring for, for, for the world to see during tough times in, in, in that country and, and, and tough times, unfortunately, continue throughout the world. Uh, hard not to ask you, um, while we, while we focus on the performances of the athletes, of course, the COVID situation, obviously so much concern coming into these Paralympics, obviously also the, the Olympic games, um, what is your assessment? How well do you think COVID protocol, uh, the situation was handled on the grounds in Tokyo? Uh, I, I don't know if you can provide us with with the number of cases. And, and lastly, I know I know there was a Paralympian hospitalized uh, a few days ago. Is is there any update on on that?
1: Well, the numbers were really low. I cannot share with you the numbers at this moment as we're still still collecting them. You know the number of uh, in the village from athletes and officials, and also the numbers uh, when it comes to other stakeholders. Uh, what I can tell you is that since the beginning of the testing during the Olympics, up to this moment, there were more than 1 million tests and only 350 returned positive. So it's really a good number. But this is Olympic and Paralympic, uh, of course. Uh, but the most important is not only the low number of cases, but how the cases were managed. I think it's something that Dr. Tedros said even during the IOC session. Um prior to the opening of the Olympics, said, look, you will have positive cases. The key here is now how many positive cases you have but how you handle that, how you manage that and how you isolate and track them so they do not get in touch with the other athletes and officials at the village, but also they do not contaminate uh, the Japanese population because this was equally important to us to protect athletes and officials and Japanese society. So... Very good, let's say, uh, uh, results on that front in protecting these different populations. Uh, some some uh, athletes and some uh, stakeholders are still in isolation uh, and we will be taking care of them until they are able to get out uh, and then, uh, you know, return to their nations. When it comes to the the athlete in this hospital, apparently the symptoms are... are, are are mild. It's not a severe case, but of course, we will keep monitoring the situation until the athlete is completely recovered.
0: Okay, good information. Thank you for that. Andrew, let's turn back to the athletes and the nations. Um, some, Some positive news. I mean, with competition still underway on Saturday evening in Tokyo, I believe we have seen a record number of Nations, uh, 86 is my count at this point, including 59 with gold, um, the most ever in in, in Paralympics history. What what, what does this say about the the globalization uh, of the Paralympic movement?
1: I think it says that uh, the Paralympic movement is growing. And, uh, you know, our programs have been efficient in delivering uh, development pathways across different sports, So to have more, you know, 86 countries uh, winning medals out of the 163 that we have here is just fantastic. Uh, More than half of the countries are going back home with a medal. Uh, Roughly, let's say one third of them are going back home with a gold medal, which is amazing. And we know the impact that a medal, whether it's gold, silver, bronze, uh, 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 has when these teams return home. Of course, if we're talking about the big nations, you know, China, US, Australia. Great Britain, Brazil, Ukraine, Netherlands is different. But sometimes for these countries that they win one medal, it's just amazing, you know, the impact that, that they will have at home. Like Peru just had their first gold medal ever in the sport of uh, Para Taekwondo. Uh, Ecuador won for the first time medals at the Paralympic Games and they won two in the, in, in a matter of minutes. At, at the athletics uh, stadium the other night, so and we know how this will have positive consequences in the nations so in terms of funding, in more media attention, in more persons with disability uh, uh, engaging with sport. So that's that's very important. These numbers are very important. It's not just about medals; it's about what these medals. Uh, how can they benefit more persons with disability in different nations? Fantastic
0: news! Great to see that, and uh, you know, just adds to the overall excitement, even from the the fan and, and and viewer perspective. Just like the Olympic Games, to to see new nations or you know new nations competing, winning medals. Uh, Andrew, you you took over, if if I'm not mistaken. Uh, of the IPC in in 2017, so you presided over the the Pyeongchang Winter Paralympics, obviously, but but these were your first Summer Paralympic Games, being from a a country like Brazil, which uh, excels in the summer and you know works hard to 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 achieve in the winter. But but I guess my question is, you know, what what have you learned from from this experience? And I, I know you already said uh, talked about one of your your greatest moments ever with the with the two Afghani uh, athletes coming to Tokyo. But but what have you have learned as a whole? What will you take with you from Tokyo? A- and what needs to happen for the Paralympic movement and obviously we the fifteen to continue moving in a positive direction?
1: Well, one thing I have certainly learned. Uh was resilience. <laughs> uh, it was really difficult in, a, in the weeks leading up to the postponement, then the postponement. And then how do you start planning an event that was postponed? An event like the Olympics and the Paralympics is not only a matter of copying and pasting. You know, oh, let's do the same we, we would have done this year, next year, with all the countermeasures in place, the playbooks. And, and now we have all these uh, uh, new elements in the games we never had. You know, playbooks being in one of them. Uh, uh, and, and we know that, for example, in Beijing, we will still be under a COVID-19 uh, situation around the world. So it will be super important for the learnings from of, from Tokyo to deliver great uh, uh, Winter Paralympics in Beijing. It's a different environment. It's a different country. It's winter. So it's different also from, let's say, from a, 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 a behavior perspective of the people it's different I and mean, we you know that sometimes in the winter it gets worse so let's see let's see how, what we can learn from Tokyo to apply in, in in Beijing so I think resilience was the number one learning uh, I have been following the Tokyo project since the bid I was in the IOC evaluation commission visiting this country in February 2013 wow. so eight, eight years and a half 102 months later it was just amazing to see that uh, you know, the bid, the organizing committee being created, all the expectations we said many times this, this will probably be the best Paralympic Games ever. Uh, then the pandemic, the postponement, and then tough decisions like not having spectators. You know, it, it it's a fundamental part of the Games experience, even mm-hmm. though the atmosphere was fantastic in the venues with the energy of the accredited people, the volunteers, the people working around the games. But of course, we missed uh, and these games will have been even more fantastic with spectators, you know, the, and uh, we will probably have broken another record that will be the number of spectators in the venues. And, you know, I I, I can only imagine because tomorrow we have Japan facing the US in the final of wheelchair basketball men. Can you imagine, <laughs> you know, the last day of the games, the last event of the games, and not only the last event of the Paralympics, the last event of the journey together with the marathon. So. It would have been amazing to have public uh, spectators there. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, And we have learned, one thing that we have learned is that the sport is the most important aspect of it, by far, because people in Japan are excited with the games here by watching on TV. Uh, You know, the ratings have been incredible here and uh, you you feel the love in the street, you feel the people wanting to be part of it at some point. point. Uh, We are concerned with the marathon. We don't want people to to come to the streets. So, but, uh, you know, it will, be, it will be difficult, but, you know, we're telling them not to come. Uh, I think everyone wants, you know, a small, to be a small part of it. So resilience is what I have learned, and I, I'm thinking about the future. I think, I think we are in the right direction. Uh, I think we, we, it took some decades to, to get the Olympic Games uh, to be recognized and to be relevant enough as a sport event. And now I think we, that we have achieved that level of relevance. It's, now it's the right time as we did, we started doing here in Turkey, to put the Games at the service of also of the human rights area for persons with disability. And, and I think this will be the, the direction from now on. You know, people will think about the Paralympic Games. They will think in two things, incredible sport, but also that the sport uh, has an, uh, a different meaning uh, outside the role of sport, which is a strong message of inclusion.
0: Fantastic, uh, Andrew. Well well said. Uh, Appreciate your time. Appreciate the effort uh, on on the part of obviously the IPC, the Tokyo 2020 organizing committee. Congratulations to the athletes. Um, A a tremendous show. And and even though you mentioned Beijing just around the corner, we we won't hit you with too many questions on that yet. We'll we'll let you get a little bit of rest and then we'll come back to you soon and and start talking about Beijing. But uh, uh, a great job to all, Andrew.
1: Well, thank you very much, Brian. These games have been really fantastic, and always happy to speak with the ATR podcast. It's always a pleasure. And yeah, let's talk more about Beijing. Give me just a few weeks to recover. <laughs> it has been a, a roller coaster of emotions. But yes, Beijing is around the corner, only six months' time from now. Uh, so there's really need to talk a lot about Beijing. It's going to be incredible, but it's going to be as challenging as Tokyo. Obrigado, Andrew. Did I I get that right? You have a perfect Brazilian accent. Uh, All
0: right. Thanks again. And thanks to you for joining us on this edition of ATR Radio, Tokyo 2020 Paralympics edition. Make sure to stay tuned to ATR for all the best news, coverage, and updates on both the Olympic and Paralympic Games. I'm Brian Pinelli. Hope you guys have a great day and see you soon.